0: This is uh, Dr. Bill Deagle uh, of the Nutramedical Report Show. Regularly, every second Wednesday, we have Jonathan Gray on, who is one of the most amazing of our co-hosts on the program. He's been coming on the show for years, and he's probably one of the most brilliant uh, biblical archaeologists in uh, modern history. Uh, We're going to introduce first the Nutramedical Report uh, uh, website. And what we do, we do a wide range of things. We cover our co-hosts and guests are, number one, they're Christian. Uh, they're conservative, they're patriots, and they dig much deeper in the Bible than just the surface. Uh, they're activists, and uh, we have some very amazing people on. Jonathan uh, does a tremendous amount of research in ancient archaeology. We'll be getting into that in just a moment. Uh, what I think people should understand is that when we are talking about the, uh, the, the Bible and other issues, there are a lot of biblical healing things. For example, most people aren't aware that... Uh, uh, the ancient Koans were the healers. Uh, I'm a blood descendant of or his family called the Naima family that was uh, adopted the name of the, the Naimi tribe when they were taken to Eshvahan 2,800 years ago. So I'm a modern version in the sense of the ancient Kohenic healers <laughs> and didn't have to have insurance. In fact, the ties went to keep the Koans from going into business. But what we do now is we have the top-level nutrimeds and god's giving me natural and supernatural gifts to try to help people heal from hundreds of different health conditions now we're relaunching our website probably within four weeks uh and uh, we have ways of you emailing if you want a question answered on our friday third hour firing line which is uh, 2 to 3 p.m central 3 to 4 eastern time in america but it's broadcast worldwide uh, it's also broadcast on the revolution radio and it's sent on our rss feeds to blueberry and host monster all over the planet. So it goes up many feeds, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Patreon, Spreaker, etc. And so when Johnson comes on, uh, all his shows are not only archived, but cross indexed, and you can put in a specific word and find his show subtopics. And you can pull out a clip if you want to send it to your friends, which is pretty amazing. Now you see here on the Nutramedical website, uh, one of the first things <clears throat> is we have our ageless life support glycemics and NutriComplete. These are some of our top drinks. We have some specials right now. Uh, Neutro Silver. I designed this with God's inspiration. It's the most powerful silver antipathogenic in the world. It is a enzymatic liposomal wrapped uh, angstrom silver that has been hydrogenated. So there's nothing like it elsewhere on the planet. It'll kill all known pathogens. I've also been graced with the only engineer in the world that can make the, uh, Nik- the uh, Nikola Tesla, Edgar Casey monatomic Tesla activated iodine called Neutriodine right below it, both of these are on sale. We have brain power, vimpocetine, extremely neuroprotective. These studies have done to help, you can open this up and even put it topically along with our curcumin cream to turn off pain. Um, But it's amazing at protecting the brain and stopping seizure activity, say in things like OCD or attention deficit disorder and helping uh, block uh, cognitive decline and say dementia. Uh, This is a power C plus we carry. We also have, of course, number of other uh, affiliates. We have our carrot bars for carrot bar gold and gold by the grams on the right hand side here. You can see, and <clears throat> you can consult me too. I may, uh, if you want to call a telemedicine, family doctor, internal medicine, specialty doctor. Uh, I have background in specialty in pretty well every area of medicine from internal medicine, family medicine, pediatrics, toxicology, military medicine, surgery, intensive care unit, uh, bioterrorism, uh, you name it. Experience. I've been in, in practice now uh, and now retired total of uh, 40 years so I've been around for a while I went to medical school early uh, at 21 after finishing my PhD in, in marine bacteriology I was accepted previously to do a PhD in nuclear physics but I turned it down and uh, I have above government uh, uh, above top secret, uh, security clearance. So I know a lot of things that most people think is impossible, which is why I try to insert that into the biblical information that we talk about. Uh, you can actually contact us at 888-212-8871 and the website is Nutri Medical. Our shows are from 12 to three central, one to four Eastern and 10 to one Pacific time, Monday to Friday. We also do a these live stream videos that I think are extremely valuable. You can see our, this is our current website, but it's going to be upgraded and made easier to navigate. We have our products, which is several hundred NutraMeds that are completely unique because they're bioactivated. They are um, delivered to jump over any gene defects or toxic blockades. They have the most powerful uh, nutraceuticals that you can't find elsewhere in the world. We have advanced technology like Lumen Photon, Mountain Red Velvet, and I'm making a version of Mountain Red Velvet that will help for your body regenerate itself, it's called a DR version. That'll be coming out in the next few months. We have ozone and detox technologies. And quantum diagnostic technologies in our testing labs are available. You can even purchase these devices like the QRMA and send me a PDF and I'll analyze it along with your history and tell you exactly what nutraceuticals or other testing, including conventional or advanced you need to do. Um, so lots of technology that we have here. Now I want to get on to uh, Jonathan's PowerPoint, so we're going to, uh, flip channels here and, uh, we will get that PowerPoint going now. Take a second to kick in. And we are going to do a slideshow from the beginning. Okay. This should pop up. Here we are. Uh, Jonathan, I want you to take over the dialogue here, and I'll try to keep the slides moving along with what you say on the uh, on the slide set. But uh, they never came out. I like how the titles are very uh, clever, because uh, this one deals with some very important issues that are central to Judeo Christian belief systems and and there has been a lot of research in this area and you know a lot of things that are not common knowledge within the Christian church so let's uh, start
1: well Kirsty was bubbling I only just heard she exclaimed but I'm told you already know about this she crashed onto a chair and she looked me straight in the eye well what do you know about them about those six Israelis dressed as Levitical priests who tried to get into the chamber. You've got to tell me, she pressed. You know, the chamber that contains the Ark. The Ark of the Covenant. Well, what happened to them? Were they really rabbis? I just looked at her, but she was not going to let go. Well, I paused for a few moments I studied her wide eyes. I wondered just how much should be revealed at this time. Well, we don't know if they were rabbis or not, I said to her. However, we were in Jerusalem at that time and we did have direct interaction with one person involved in the event. We were talking about an event that took place very close to in Jerusalem to a a place known as Skull Hill. It's always been its name because it is part of an old quarry face that was left as it was and has the appearance of a skull. Now if you go into Jerusalem and then you head north outside the old city walls the Ark of the Covenant is calculated to be 370 feet north of the Old City Wall. And this locates the Arab territory.
0: Well, that's interesting. Is that toward the um, <coughs> the Mount of Olives?
1: Yep. And uh, what well, it seems the Israeli authorities wanted to move the Ark out of the Arab-occupied section of Jerusalem into their own territory. <clears throat> so reportedly, they allowed, else they arranged, for six men, who were dressed in the ancient Levitical garb, to go in and move the ark. Well, with this subject, if you're in Jerusalem, you just don't ask too many questions. It's a very sensitive issue, and I explained this to Kirsty. In fact, in matters like this, you don't ask too many questions at all. As I just said, you learn from experience that it's best not to get too nosy. And uh, to put you in the picture, as well as Kirsty, my wife, Josephine, and I had arranged to meet our archaeologist friend, Ron Wyatt, in Jerusalem. However, on this occasion he was delayed in his home in Nashville, Tennessee because he had to undergo a minor operation. But our schedule demanded we couldn't wait longer if there was a delay, that we had to fly up because we had interconnecting flights to other appointments that we could not miss. So we had to fly up before he came in. Now, on his visits to Israel, Ron has often quite stopped by the Antiquities office and asked if there was anything he could do to help them. He had certain electronic equipment and some experience using it, so our team was able to help find things for them that they sometimes had trouble locating. Well, that night, when Ron flew in, he was to meet them down at Zedekiah's cave and they went into the cave Dedekiah's cave by the way is a, a hollow, hollowed out area underneath the, the streets of old Jerusalem inside the city walls but it has a tunnel going from it northward towards Skull Hill so in any case they went in and once they were inside the cave at the entrance to the tunnel that goes north they stopped and the antiquities man said "Ron." Six men went down this tunnel to move the ark to a safer place. But they didn't come out. Would you go and see what happened to them? Now I should say that the Israelis are not cowards by any stretch of the imagination. And as it was, the six missing men who entered the tunnel had walkie-talkies, two-way radios with them. And undoubtedly they were in contact with others at the entrance to the tunnel who did not go in with them we can only surmise that they must have made some horrifying noises as they died otherwise some people would have gone in to see what happened to them but nobody would go in well Ron had been in before several times and when Ron went in this time There were the six men, lying on their backs, dead. Now from the beginning of the tunnel in Zedekiah's cave, (coughs) I've placed an aerial view here uh, with the the tunnel going north from the, the cave. From the beginning of this tunnel in the cave to the actual chamber containing the Ark of the Covenant, is an estimated 370 feet now for those who deal with meters it'd be about 114 meters and the six men had progressed approximately 70 feet 21 meters along the tunnel when they died and all of them died in the same place together and they all died of a stroke Mm. now um I spoke to a a medical doctor about this a little later, and uh, I was informed that every one of these men was found with both their eyes crossed, and the medical doctor assured me that this was evidence of a bilateral stroke, a stroke occurring on both sides of the body. And this allegedly happened to the whole six of them. Anyway, when Ron saw what had happened, he went back out and told the antiquities guys. Now that brought along some rescue baskets made of light weight alloy with ropes tied to them in case Ron was able to go in. So he took a basket, he picked up each body one at a time, put it in the basket as the man at the tunnel entrance pulled the basket out. When they got one to the entrance of the tunnel, Ron took another one then went back and did another until he got all six of the bodies out. Now Ron did not ask what they did with these men. He didn't ask anything. He was asked not to say anything. But this did appear in a couple of newspapers that there had been six Israelis who had died in an effort to retrieve a national artefact. And because it was in the papers some folk have asked if we knew about it. And the answer, of course, is yes, and this is the reason I have shared this information up to this stage right now.
0: What What year was this roughly, uh, Jonathan? Uh, this was
1: 1995.
0: Mm, okay.
1: Uh, that was, it was October, October 1995. Right. Now, this incident may remind you of some biblical accounts in which unauthorized men who approached, they touched or looked into the ark, and they dropped dead. So apparently nothing has changed. The ark remains a very sacred object, even at this moment. And if you ask me, it will remain where it is, and no one will move it.
0: Now, one of the qualifications for being near the ark, you have to be number one at Cohen, and you have to be sanctified. Uh, in fact, I know that from my family, they told me the story that they would sing the prayers in a cappella and they tie a rope around the right leg of the high priest to drew the straw because there are twenty-four families in the cycle and if you were unrighteous when you poured the blood over the horns of the altar God killed you on the spot if you were unrighteous and you were hauled out because they could hear the prayers stop and they knew that you were struck by God and died instantly
1: That is correct, yes, and Jewish tradition confirms that that was a practice. Right Now This is a knife edge. Israel today is on tenterhooks. The government is nervous. It does not want war, neither do most of the people, whether they're Israelis or Arabs. But it is against this background that we must view the current official attitude toward this reported arc of the covenant discovery. You won't get them to admit much. Whatever way you view it, that ancient golden chest from Solomon's Temple is potentially the most explosive object on earth whether you look at it from an archaeological viewpoint or political or religious and so this barrier of silence should not be a surprise to us now we do know that in virtually every country whether it be the United States New Zealand Poland, or wherever, official denials of numerous matters are standard procedure.
0: Right, you're showing a Prime Minister Trudeau of Canada there. That's right. Pierre Elliott Trudeau's son.
1: And in such cases, almost all personnel, even in the department concerned, are kept in the dark. So, it's it's we should not be surprised at the conspiracy of silence that's going on here regarding this discovery and the events associated with now a classic example of the denials policy in action in Israel was seen a few years ago after Channel 7 radio in Israel broke the news that Foreign Minister Shimon Perez at that time had met with the Pope in the Vatican with a proposal to place the old city of Jerusalem under Vatican control. Israel's ambassador in Rome, Shimon Hadass and Perez himself denied such a plan however a copy of a telegram sent by Miriam Ziff to the foreign ministry in Jerusalem outlining Perez plans it surfaced and was printed in the I hope I pronounced that correctly newspaper
0: by the way uh, fo- Perez is a uh, high level uh, Jesuit affiliate he was trained by that Jesuits correct and uh, that's the reason why the Jesuits have wanted, and in the past four decades have bought up more than seventy percent of the property around, uh, including I think they recently got the, the the building they consider the the place of the Last Supper.
1: Yes, that they've been buying up feverishly. Right. And uh, former Prime Minister Yitzhak Shamir told the Jewish press that this is similar to Perez's denial that there was ever a letter with promises to Arafat about Jerusalem and later the letter surfaced. Now, this telegram was revealed about the Vatican plans. Uh, He said, who knows what else they're concealing from the public. Now, just so with the Ark of the Covenant. The time has now come to speak up. Anyway, something has to be told. So after much consideration, I'm now going to rip apart a curtain of silence, a cover up concerning the Ark. And yes, I'm quite aware that the Ark has been reported in Ethiopia, in Jordan, in Egypt, and a dozen other places around the world. There have to be replicas because we're told uh, that there were replicas made and we should not be surprised if these replicas surface here and there. But originals, there can be only one. And this is the one we're talking about. The one that these six Israeli men tried to get and they all dropped dead. Now, you won't want to miss this incredible true story Because there's more than I'm telling you now, Uh, we just can't put it into a a short broadcast, but there are down-to-earth inside secrets about this lost treasure, the dangerous search for it, and the almost unbelievable discovery claim. And when you face all the strands of evidence, what else can this be? the ark. So I have uh, prepared a report which I'll take you along a trail of archaeology surprises through forgotten history right up to this present time. Why was it, I asked you, that an Israeli ex-secret service agent said to me when I gave a lecture on this and he was sitting in the audience and he came to me after the lecture he said You have just filled in the missing gaps in what I already knew. Yes, there is a cover-up. What sinister secret associated with the Ark is being covered up? And I'd just like to now show you where you can go if you want to get more. In fact, I've put it into a 600-page report. Wow, that's a lot. this report can be uh, ordered at beforeus.com forward slash AOC. AOC is short for Ark of Covenants. That may help you remember the reference. Beforeus.com forward slash AOC HTML. My best wishes go to you as you go on this incredible and exciting discovery search. Now,
0: Jonathan, a couple of quick questions. Uh, what's your speculation of uh, what, the, what the ark is not only to the Israeli people but the people of earth because obviously if the righteous people are near it, God blesses them, but if unrighteous get near it and touch it, they die what, what do you think the ark actually is in terms of a, in a sense, a spirit machine or uh, a, a, a literally a link with God, what is it? I, have my well, sp- I,
1: I, would, I would say it's a spiritual um, it's a, this is a spiritual attribute of the ark, not a physical one right that the the ark actually represents the throne of God in in the heavens uh, which is founded on his laws of love which in human terms are summed up in the Ten Commandments love to God love to man the first four commandments we will demonstrate by our love our love to God will be demonstrated by our respect and obedience to those first four and our love for mankind is in the six that follow now Because we've all, all of us have sinned and sin is violation of God's holy law which is the foundation of his universal throne. Because we have, uh, we have all sinned, we are all subject to death because no sin can live in the presence of a holy sinless God. The two can't dwell together. And uh, so we are subject to death and we can't help ourselves this required intervention from god himself and he became man in order to suffer our wants to share with us our pains our sorrows our disappointments to demonstrate his love to us to show us an example of, of the kind of life he wants us to live but then promise his holy spirit to live in our hearts and give us the overcoming power now the ark of the covenant was to illustrate that wonderful rescue plan that. I've just mm. tried, tried to briefly describe inadequately as yes, I have. Now, the Ark itself was a uh, a wooden box uh, overlaid with gold, and inside that, in the very heart of it, was the Ten Commandments written with God's own finger, which was given to Moses, and Moses was instructed to place it in the heart of the Ark. That That represented the the basis of God's throne, a, a, a throne of law and order, uh, summarized in the Ten Commandment Principles.
0: What were the other now, items in the, in the ark?
1: When the high priest went into the went into the second uh, room of the, uh, the tabernacle, the temple, right. once a year, he placed an atoning blood of, of an animal, which represented the coming Messiah who would die as, as the sacrifice, the sacrifice, the blood of the sacrifice was sprinkled on the lid of the ark, which was known as the Mercy Seat. And this was to teach the people that because we have broken God's law, we need mercy. So He places mercy over the top of us, and this is made possible by the spilling of His blood, which was the giving of His own blood, that we could be declared free and forgiven, and live finally in His presence.
0: Right, so in that sense, the uh, gospel is in the ark. Um, the, the, the final thing in the gospel is that Yeshua is returning as God in the flesh. And when he returns, he's not just a prophet like it says in Islam, or even many Christian churches don't believe that he's the incarnation of God. Uh, what I think they sh- what people should understand is that God lives in a place called the eternal now. To God, there's no past or future because to God, everything is now. He has total omniscience, meaning knows everything. Total total omnipotence means he creates, and by his own sustaining power, creates everything, including even Satan. And the Ark of the Covenant, in a sense, is a connection with that eternal power of the eternal now that can create literally when they're carrying the Ark and and God instructs Moses to strike the rocks twice, not three times. Moses struck it three times because he was in anger and God only told him to strike it twice. In fact, that's one of the reasons why he told him he would never see the promised land himself because he exceeded the orders of The definition of good that's or right. e- evil is to do only what is right in God's eyes, not our eyes. And that's the original oh, right. sin, and really the only sin that mankind can do is I've got this God, which can look good or evil. And the problem is a lot of people assume this, including high-level masons, that if they do things that look good or appear to be appropriate, such as the dialectics of the even founding of the United States of America. It was done by the green dragon pub by masons who use the same dialectics of Nimrod in the ancient book of Genesis. So uh, what I see is the uh, prophecies of the Ark is in the sense when God comes back and sets up his kingdom, he's bringing intersection of the eternal, which is his kingdom of the highest realm and the temporal, which is our realm, and because He's sanctified us we collectively become the bride of god and therefore are go equal with god because he's made us his wife collectively uh, the billions of sentient human beings and beings across the galaxy and the universe are literally the bride of the most high god and that means that we have to be in his will so that our temporal souls become eternal souls because your eternity only exists when you're in total will with god you can't nothing evil can go to heaven and if you're not in total lockstep with his will you can't exist in eternity so what people absolutely correct so what we have to understand is that god in a sense is prophesying the intersection of the eternal and the temporal and the eternal is he who is all-knowing all the source of all love and all wisdom and us which are the fallen ones he raises up and sanctifies us through mercy so that we can become a fit bride to give him children to get to know the glory the wisdom and the love of the most high and uh, we're going to be transformed into a civilization that can exist beyond the singularity of artificial intelligence and robotics and galactic travel only if we're transformed to become collectively an organism not just individuals but a spiritual organism that's in lockstep with the will and the wisdom of the most high and that's what's being missed in the gospel they think so if you're just a nice person or doing a bunch of nice works god doesn't grade on a curve he grades and has a, i call a group ticket to go to heaven because you you get people to have a relationship with god and he transforms us and washes us of our sins we can't make our sins self-sinless only he can yes and, and this
1: is the message of the ark of the covenant it's the gospel in a nutshell
0: right and that's why the ark is so powerful do you think it will become available soon because the Sanhedrin was, was finally constituted in Israel last year. They have talked about the fact that they're going to start uh, the ceremony of the blood uh, sacrifice of animals soon. They have the Kalal, the ashes of the red heifer, which they have genetically engineered genetically grown a red heifer in Switzerland and transported them back to Israel. Uh, they basically have the full elements of the Kohen, the Hohenic priesthood, and the tabernacle of Moses, which they can set up overnight they don't need to build a huge temple and they certainly are not going to, to do the sacrifice in the temple of Antonius they just simply need to be over the springs of Gihan where they had the waters for libation to wash the sacrifice so to me all the elements are there, the fact that Jared Krishner is his son and two of the children of, of Donald Trump have been married Jews and uh, Israel is perched uh, on a peace treaty now with the sunni muslims terrified about being bombed by iran and russia that they're racing toward israel and america to save them so they're even willing to lie to us and tell us that that they're no longer going to fund extreme islam which they do including the cutters uh and saudi arabia themselves pay for mosques and they pay even for people to do hiraj or travel to uh, europe and america they actually pay them so um i believe we're within months and years rather than years and decades away from the culmination of history, I can tell you that the physical peace treaty will happen probably in the first term of Donald Trump between now and 2020. But I don't know when the first day of the sacrifice will start, but by rabbinic law, the only day it's allowed to start is on Sakat. And if you take 1,230 days from that, it brings you to Yom Kippur where the sacrifice is cut off by Biblical prophecy and 30 days, 60 days, 30 days later is uh, Pesha, which is Passover, exactly the halfway mark of the 2520 days of the last seven years of in uh, 360 year, a 360-year a day calendar uh, and the twentieth day is Yom Teruha in Hebrew which means the Feast of the Long Blowing or the Feast of Trumpets so I think we're very close. I can't tell you the day, but as we are watching like a watchman in the tower, um, it's very probable in the first or second term of Trump, most likely the first, because when the drums of war beat as loud as they are now, peace is inevitable, but it'll be a shaky peace. And then there's going to be this religious phase. And when that happens, it'll be broken in the middle, according to the prophecy. And it'll come right in a war that if God had not shortened the days, no flesh would survive. So, we're going to go through the roughest time that human beings have had in history, even from previous falls of, in civilizations. But this fall is going to be much more vicious than anyone that's ever occurred before. And people need to be spiritually prepared for this, because the presence of the ark now in this history is very, very telling. It tells us that God is willing to give grace and a pathway to have a relationship with him, no matter how short their lives are, because of the disaster that's coming. Many Christians are going to die uh, going through this from either persecution or not believing the danger. And there will be a remnant survive because God wants his people on the earth populating after this destruction occurs. But there will be no evil permitted to live on earth. There'll be no evil thing or evil person allowed to l- permit to live on earth because the uh, raptures some Christian churches teach falsely. As Jesus said, where the vulture is, there is the body in the Valley of Gehinnon. The real issue that Jesus taught in the Aramaic Bible is that the raptures, is like Passover, take over out the evil, not the good. And so the rapture will be an event, probably in the middle of the tribulation, where evil will be taken out of the earth. And as God is cleansing the earth of evil, the war will end. And it's only the things that God does, not man, that will end this war and prevent the destruction of the biosphere and human race. What do you think?
1: Well, Dr. Bill, we're very close to the end, that's for sure. Oh, yeah,
0: and the Ark of the Covenant is a sign. Do you think that you're with your friend Ron White... No, Ron, I think, is he's gone now. I don't think he's with us. Is there anyone else that's following this research or the uh, Antiquities Society there in Israel? Are they just... Are they been suppressed? Because Bibi Netanyahu is a CFR member and a globalist, and I would imagine his global bankers behind him are trying to tell him to be quiet over this issue, even though there's probably some... Uh, religious Christians that are of Jewish background uh, in Israel. I remember they're from Deesengoff Circle in Tel Aviv. And religious believing Jews that know the Ark of the Covenant is very significant, although they may not fully understand it.
1: Well, uh, officially, uh, it's a a big cover-up. But individually, I have a report that a number of people in the the, uh, Israeli parliament, and uh, and also a number of rabbis in Jerusalem, have now accepted Yeshua as the Messiah because of this discovery.
0: Wow. That's amazing. That is amazing, truly amazing. Um, Thank you, Jonathan. Again, our show is usually every second Wednesday and I think we're looking at the schedule here, I think you are coming up this Wednesday, which is uh, June 21st at uh, 2 o'clock Central Time in America. We will have this, uh, it's being simulcast everywhere now, uh, across the world through YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Patreon, Spreaker, uh, Google Play, uh, many other platforms now, but we'll also be putting that up on our Deagle network. We can uh, watch the videos free. Do support what uh, Jonathan's doing. Again, go to beforeus.com and he has many ebooks and uh, packages. This latest one on the aoc.html is in the Ark of the Covenant and this information is very unique. That 600 page book gives a lot more information than we can talk about today. And uh, I believe that this is again of the apocalypse and people think of always the apocalypse of destruction when really the word apocalypse means unveiling so i believe that god's given you a special talent and ability to unveil god's purpose of world and history events and prophetic events and that's why this is happening today so thank you Jonathan. god bless you and let's say a little prayer dear lord bless the people that see these things and believe before the day of destruction bless the pastors that repent are preaching false doctrines and the false prophets be silenced may the lord bless those that have an apostolic and and prophetic calling to come forth with the portion they've received may a vast cloud of believers prepare themselves to be the bride of the most high the sons of Issachar and the uh, the Bereans the ones who are ready for the coming of the most high God and the return of the eternal one and the intersection of the eternal and the most high God and the ark with the temporal human race now uh, receive the epiphany of God's Spirit and transformed into a collective being, literally the host of the, the flesh. This is why I think the initial construction of the, of the temple in the desert with sea cow skins being white outside and red inside with the hearth of the brazen laver and the Holy of Holies are literally temporally like the heart and the brain and the sea cow skins are like the skins of the body and you know we are the temple of God and when we are collectively the temple we are also the bride of God and I think people when they grasp that they realize we're much more than just a physical temporal being with a relatively pointless existence but we are collectively serving God's purpose to create a descendants that can get to know the wisdom, the glory, the wonder and the beauty of the Most High God so that we are fit to become a galactic civilization to the glory of the Most High, rather than one in in a sense in lockdown on a little planet or ready to consume ourselves in a thermonuclear scalar and biological warfare, which if the globalist bankers and Satanists have their right, Satan will be the master abortionist of the human race. And that's not what God's purposes are. The destroyer, because he cannot destroy God, will try to destroy his children, that's us. And it's our purposes as his remnant to be salt and light, to prevent that from happening, to get the gospel to the truth, to the people to empower them and make them realize there is hope, not just physically for a future, but spiritually there is hope for an eternity. where the temporal and the eternal fuse in a world that exists not only in this plane, but in the eternal plane. So those in the future will never taste of death. Praise the most, high God. Amen.
1: Amen. God bless you, Bill.
0: Yeah, thank you, Jonathan. You did another amazing show again today, and I appreciate it. We'll see you on Wednesday for the radio program, and this will be broadcast and posted everywhere. And, Bill,
1: what time is it again Wednesday, please?
0: It's going to be the last hour as usual, same time as usual. At, at which 7 a.m. New Zealand time,
1: okay. Yeah, it's going
0: to be basically at 2 p.m. Central uh, and uh, 12 noon uh, Pacific time.
1: 12 noon pacific okay. okay thank you god bless, god bless.